This morning, I wanted to start a new series um, for about a month, and I just want to—I just want to call it "It's Okay." It's okay. I'm going to practice one, two, three. It's—it's okay. It's okay. Who's ever said that to you? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Who's ever said that to someone else? It's okay. It's okay. It's a, a sort of a calming, like. So I found myself. Saying that to Charlie when I'm carrying her around, it's okay. She doesn't believe me uh, when she's upset, but you, you're just trying to give words to reassure someone, to comfort them, to let them know that uh, it's okay. And uh, as I thought about this, um, I was thinking about this modern day uh, phenomenon called FOMO. And so it's that well, what if I'm missing out on something? And um, I think this was largely driven, maybe not entirely, but largely driven um, by social media, right? So just for grins, just for grins, how many of you are social media people? Like, this is your thing, all right? Um, how many are somewhere between obsessive and fanatic? Just go ahead and confess, you'll feel better, all right? And how many of you don't know what I'm talking about? There's a few of you, okay. So in an Instagram world, you take the perfect picture, right? And you put that up for the world to see. And boy, it feels good. Doesn't feel good when you get a good one? You get just the right hair, just the right sunlight, just the right family, just the right, you capture the little moment, and it's, it's magical. It really is. It feels like, wow, what a beautiful, but what you know if you were in the scene and you took the picture is the amount of stress it took you to get that particular picture or luck, but what you know is that life just kept moving on. It wasn't that beautiful sunset for six hours, right? You're daughter wasn't smiling angelically for seven days, right? It was a brief moment. It came and it went. And, and so what people do is they look online and they go, wow, look at that person's life. Look at their kids. I mean, their kids don't even talk back. <laughs> These are the things we think to ourselves, not realizing you can't talk back online. And you go through and you start to think of, wow, I must be missing something here. And there must be a better life or a better family or a better neighborhood or a better car. There's got to be some. And so it's this fear and it sort of starts to drive us. Now, I don't know for sure how we got here. And how it got to be so extreme. But I have an idea that it must be something to do with the, the amount of options that we have. Just think back. Um, if you're on the older scale, um, it's easier for you to remember. Go back a generation or go back a generation or two. People didn't have as many options. The option was get up, go to work. Uh, do the laundry, go to bed, repeat, cut the grass, thank you, sir, and milk the cows. And uh, In other words, you were pretty much 
trying to put food on the table from the time you got up until the time you went to bed. You're tr literally trying to put food on the table, clothes on your back, and this, is, this was life. And you didn't think about, well, I could be going to the Hamptons this weekend, or gosh, I just missed, missed the weekend up at Traverse City, and I'm sure everybody went there, and oh my goodness, what if I was going over to the St. Clair Shores, and, and all the things that you, and, and there was no thinking about any of that. What if I went to college in Colorado instead of downriver? Do they have a college downriver? I don't know. <laughs> so we, just think about it, we have this abundance of options, and this abundance of options has given us something that other generations have really not known anything about. And so we think about this, and we think about this. This week I was talking to two different young students in their college age, and, and they have so many things to think about. Man, if I went to this college, and if I got this degree, what if I stay in state? What if I go out of state? And this... Have you been through this? And it's, and it's just constant. And you have to, you're, and you know, we teach them, well, make a list of the pros and the cons. But the reality is, doesn't the list go on forever? And, and don't you get to the point where I don't really know? And so we start to get fueled by, if I make the wrong choice, I'm going to miss. So I got a good news for everybody. Ready? Take a deep breath. Ready? Ready? You already missed a lot of stuff. And you're going to miss a lot more. And it's okay. It, one, two, three, it's, it's okay. Of course you missed out. If you went to one university, you missed out on like 9,000 other universities. You just did. And if you ch chose one hall to live in, you missed 78 other halls that you could have. You just did. That's okay. It's a part of life. You have a path that you're on, and it's okay. Everybody misses out. on. And here's the funny thing. You can be the richest person in the world, and you still you can only be in one place at one time. Everybody misses out. So instead of being fueled by this fear Maybe the new acronym, I saw a TV show the other day, and they used the acronym JOMO, the joy of missing out. The joy, I miss that. I'm so glad. I'm happy. I'm content. The joy of missing out. Now, um, just think for a minute. Jesus comes to James and John. They have their fishing nets. They're there, they're making a living, and he says to them, what? Drop your nets, leave your nets, and come what? Follow me. Now, this is a decision. If I follow, if I follow him, I'm going to miss out on the family business. This could be big business. This could be successful. This could be our future. There's so much that I could, I don't know if I, if I want to miss out. So they weigh it. But quickly, they make the decision to, what? Drop their nets and to follow. Here's the thing I want you to think about. The thing that's in front of you, you have to, when you make your decision, when you make your decision, you have to drop it. Just drop it. One, two, three, drop it. Has anybody ever said that to you? Huh? You, you, but here's the thing. You know you need to. 
Just drop it. Some of you had the fear of missing out on something that was 20 years ago. How can you fear something that you know you already missed out on 20 years ago? It's called regret and remorse and wishing and wonder. And just drop it. One, two, three. Drop. Just drop it. Just like the, they just dropped it. And they went on. And sometimes instead of dropping it and moving on, we hold on. And we say, okay, can I follow you? And then I'm going to try to carry my nets with me. Anybody ever try to live this way with your life? You try to carry all the, st- the baggage with you. And there's all the other disciples with Jesus. And you're in the back because you've got all this paraphernalia because you're connected to your past, your fear of missing out. I don't want to miss out. I want to try to have this, and I want to try to have that too. Who's ever lived this, this way for a while? This is stressful. I'm trying to live this way, and I'm trying to live that way too. So if I'm introducing this, it's the idea that you can be completely free. You don't have to worry and wonder. A, because of course you missed out. Everybody misses out. But B, let me say this to you. You never miss out. You never miss out. Some of you would say, yeah, but Chris, but I, mean, I, I know I did because I, I saw the picture online and everybody was at that gathering and I wasn't there and I missed it. Or, you know what, I wished I would have done this or I wished I would have gotten this degree or I wish I would have had this family or, and it, the, now the time is gone. And I, I want to explain something to you that I don't think is taught very well. And you may even nod your head and agree with me and go, yeah, that's right. But how we really live our life says the opposite. Ready? If you're here and a believer, you buy into this idea that this life, as we see it with our physical eyes, is not all that there is, that there's more. There's more. Now, for years it's been speculated and talked about what the more is, in the, in the Bible, they grab for words and concepts, paradise, heaven, on and on, streets of gold. But we don't exactly know what the more is. We're going to go into it in a minute. But it's just that there is more. But you could go to the most um, Christian of places. You could go to the center of American culture. And people use these kinds of words and phrases all the time. The only thing that you have is time. Who's ever said this to you? Don't ever waste your time because you can never get that. Isn't this what you've been taught? But is that actually true? I mean, it's true in the sense that we have limited vision with our limited eyes and we think as humans think like, well, yeah, the clock keeps ticking and I'm not getting any younger. Who can testify to that? So today's message is this. It's okay. Right? You ready for this message? You're not ready. It, it's okay that you're getting older. Scandal. Some of you are like, I'm, but I'm not. It's okay. This, think for a minute. We have this, and, and if you're panicked by it, then you bought into the culture rather than the truth. Think. If you're panicked by it, you bought into the culture rather than the truth. The culture just bleeds this. 
You got to take care because, man, you only have so much time. We tell this to our kids. Our parents told it to us. We were in business. We were taught this, you know, in life because you can't get time back. What a terrible thing. Just think of, can I just say this? What a terrible tragedy that would be if that were true. It's like we're all just sitting here basically waiting to die. It's coming. And so we just try to do different things to delay the inevitable reality. Now, this is a little different message. It's going to make you think, maybe open up your mind and your heart. 2 Corinthians 12, the Apostle Paul. 2 Corinthians 12, Paul talks about an experience, I'll call it an experience that he had. An experience that he had that took him, I don't know how. In fact, here's the interesting thing, he doesn't really know how took him to a different realm. Now, stay with me. You're either the kind of person that believes this is it. This is it. Or you're the kind of person that believes there is another realm. I'm going to use the word realm because all kinds of words are used and whatever word helps you, we don't totally know and understand this. Paul, uh, 2 Corinthians 12.2. I I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, he's referring to himself, was caught up to the third heaven. Now watch this. I know know someone who was caught up into the third heaven. So I'm going to call this an experience. Now some people would say this was a mystical experience. Uh, Some people would say this was a prayer experience. Some people would say this was a vision. But Regardless of what, he says, I was caught up. Now watch this. Whether it is in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. Now think about how powerful this experience was. It was so powerful. He goes, I I don't know if I was, if it was bodily. Like, I don't know if my body was transported there. Obviously, for him to say this, this language, it must have felt so real. Now, who here has ever had a dream that felt so unbelievably real? Like, wow. Um, I think I've told you before, I, I never remember what I dream. And I know that's I'm some kind of psychotic problem or whatever, but don't analyze me yet. But I, I, just, I just rare, it's so rare. But they say everyone dreams. But once in a while you wake up and it's like, this was so, no, no, it was, I was there. Paul says, I was caught up into what he called the third heaven, And I don't know if I was in body or out of body. An experience that took him to the realm of what we experience as ordinary space and time to outside of space and time. You don't have to raise your hand. Do you believe that exists? Absolutely. This guy does. It's okay. You don't have to prove it to me. It's not, it's just, but it, it can, listen, it can affect you if you do or don't. Here's what I think. And I, I can be, I think most Christians kind of believe, it's in their belief system bank somewhere, but it's not highly accessed. It's kind of like, yeah, but you know, you really, if, and, and here's why I think. Years ago, I did a whole series on heaven. 
I think the reason is because truth, most of us don't really want to go to the place we were told was heaven. Now, I know a couple of you real spiritual people do, because you can't wait to sit on a harp with Jesus and float around, but I have no desire. I hate to say it and call me a, a loser. I just have no desire to be in a street of gold, like following Jesus around with a harp. None. Am I a bad person? The reality is most people just, ah. I mean, you know, give me an hour of that. But I, I need something else. And so what most people do is they go, I don't know, I guess it's better than the alternative. And so, but Paul goes, I was caught up. And I can't even tell you if it was bodily or not, but I was in another realm. So A, there is or there isn't another realm. A real one. Now, here's the interesting thing. Philosophers, mystics, and now scientists are saying there's another realm. There's, there's so much that we can't measure and get our hands on, and it's so frustrating for science. And so they have so many theories about what it is. But the reality is now a huge debate in the sciences whether time is an illusion or not. Huge debate. Is time an illusion? Now, wait a minute. I was always told, you're running out of time. You got to make good decisions. The time, you can't get the time back. You got to, and so what happens, think, what happens if you kind of let that come inside of you? You start to panic. You start to think with your life, I am missing out. I got to go do this. I got to experience that. I got to try this. I got to go here. You have this sense of panic because you feel like basically your life is winding down. You remember, I think it was John 7, disciples are going to the feast in Jerusalem, and they tell Jesus, you need to come. And, and he says, no, it's not, my, it's not my time. Remember this? And they go, no, no, no. It, anyone that wants to be a public figure, anyone that wants to kind of do your thing, needs to be seen. I'm paraphrasing a bit. Basically, you've got to get it cranking on social media. You can't get this movement. This is, you can't get this movement going if you don't get out there with the masses and you know kiss some babies. It's in there. It's all in the Bible. John said, and he says to them, "No, you go ahead." Now. Let's be honest. Most of us, you have a campaign, you know, a marketing strategist. You got these people. You got to get this thing going. You're like, oh, I better, they better, better get my social media account. I better get in there. I better make this thing happen. Jesus has no fear. I just I think there's so much. He just lets, and he has this peace about him. He's always walking. You never see him running, panicking. Go on ahead. And it says later on, he goes up. He catches about the second half of it by himself. Goes drifting in. You know what happens to people like Paul, Jesus, who have a taste of another realm? The panic and the fear leaves your life. Listen, the panic and the fear leaves your life. I don't know how to describe this, but here, let me just say it to you this way. It's kind of like if, if Charlie's upset, 
I don't know what's upsetting her. She knows something that's upsetting her. And sometimes I, I try everything that I can think of. But I, what I just kept trying to tell her is it's okay, right? Like you're safe. We got food everywhere, you know, um, there's an, but something's upsetting. And the only thing that, that could really help her if she could get out of her own body, out of her own realm and see like, oh, but in her mind, something, are you with me? We are the same way. There's something in our mind that's upsetting us, that's disturbing us. I panic. This isn't going right. I'm missing out on something. Some, I'm running out of time. And so we panic, and all this stuff happens. And if we could just step out of our bodies, so to speak, are you with me? And go right here. It's okay. Your own testimony. Think back on an earlier part of your life where you were panicked, afraid, unbelievably, and you look back now and go, oh, that wasn't all that bad. Why? Because you have perspective now. Paul goes on and he says, I don't know in the body, out of body. What I know, whether in the body or out of body, God knows. He says, I was caught up to paradise and I heard inexpressible things that no one is permitted to tell. Maybe it's like, there's no, I can't put this into words. Now, listen, just for a minute. If our concept is limited to how many days you have on this earth, and then there's like a bonus round where you, quote, go to heaven, and we all sit around and have church forever, you, you would have to panic. But if... There's this realm, and there's so much more, and this is just a microcosm of all that really is. Think. I couldn't, Paul says, I couldn't begin to put into words. I'm, I'm wondering if we haven't merged, and this is what I think has happened. I think we've merged a modern scientific idea of materialism, where it's time and space and with a little bit of Christianity. And so it drives us to live our life as though this really is the end. And yes, heaven's going to be great and whatever, but none of us really know what we're going to do there or anything. So you better squeeze it all in now. When I think about it, fear of missing out seems so new, and yet it's really, really old. The Tenth Commandment, right? Don't wish for, covet your neighbor's stuff, donkey, bicycle, Instagram account. Now, some people have thought for years, well, that last commandment, it's like, that's not that big, of, you know, because the other ones are the big ones, and that was like a tack on. But, you know, really, if you think about it, the last commandment is almost the most important. It summarizes everything. The other ones have to do with a, an act. This has to do with a desire. Don't wish for the stuff that everybody else has. Why? My first... Uh, taught on the commandments years ago, I was trying to explain to everybody the commandments are not weights, but wings. 
In other words, there aren't things that you should do or not do because God's going to get mad at you and punish you, but you should see this as, why, why would this be the right way to live? To not wish for other people's stuff. Because it's a prison. Because it never ends. If you start wishing for other people's stuff, not just their material stuff, their life, their job, their this, their that, it's a prison to you. And it's an inescapable prison that you'll never get out of. So instead of saying, oh man, I just wish I had this and I wish, and let's be honest, I'll put my hand up, we've all done it. No, no one's participating today. We've all done it. Why, why do you think HGTV is on television? Because <laughs> that's it's a moneymaker. Oh, oh, oh. Nothing wrong with improving your life. Nothing wrong with That's not the point. But what happens is if you spend your life, I, I, I got to get this, I got to get this, I, and I'm missing out on this, then all of a sudden what you don't realize is you're creating your own prison. Now, I want, to give you, I want to give you two kind of quotes from, let's say Paul's experience was somehow mystical. Or I want to give you a quote from somebody else that had a, a near-death experience. Some people would say this is also sort of a mystical experience. And he wrote a book about it. And this is what he said. Because I experienced the non-linear nature of time in the spiritual world so intensely, I can now understand why so much writing on the spiritual dimension can seem distorted or simply nonsensical from our earthly perspective. Now, there's no reason you have to believe this guy. You don't have to believe him at all. But just listen. In the worlds above this one or beyond this one or whatever words you would try to grab, time simply doesn't behave as it does here. It's just something we can't explain because that's all we've ever known. And so our whole experience is like, we're running out of time, I'm running out of time, I'm running out of time. Time doesn't behave as it does here. It's not necessarily one thing after another. A moment can seem like a lifetime, and one or several lifetimes can seem like a moment. Now, psychologists are studying this, and they're, they're, this, is, this is a phenomenon. They're studying who's ever been doing something in the time, we literally say, flew by. We have a saying, the time flew by. Who can have this experience? Okay, let's take it for, what was it? Let's say, who here would say, I did that, and it was like some sort of a sporting event or an activity Nobody here. Okay, oh, a few of us, okay. Who, who here was a conversation with a, a close friend? Time flew by. Who here it was uh, mopping at work? No, okay. Um, in other words, so sometimes time flies, and sometimes it feels like it, what? Drags. Is time real? Well, of course it is, Chris. That's the one thing that is real. That's the one thing you've got to take care of because if you don't take care of it, man, you're going to be wasting your life. Oh, man, that's a good preaching for your 14-year-old, isn't it? And maybe there's some truth in that to getting us going in life. But, boy, if we live our life by this motto, that you're running out of time, 
The only thing it can really produce is fear. Or you can live with the concept of eternity. Ready? Ready for this? What's half of eternity? Some of you got your life cut short in half. What's a third of eternity? When you start to think about these things, you start to think about, it's kind of nonsensical that I would ever worry again. Now, I was having one of my middle-of-the-night, 3 a.m. study sessions, and I had already picked, listen, I had already picked the title of this series and everything, and this is what I read. This guy talks about his his mystical experience, and I want to listen very carefully to what he says. He goes, when I, when I realized, he said, it was like everything was okay. Everything was okay. Panic really doesn't look good on any of us, does it? I met a guy the other day on Maple, but we didn't actually meet, but he let me know he existed. <laughs> and he was in a, what? Panic. I was, I was turning, so it turns, it, it, you know, it, it turns out that the law of physics, like, you have to slow down your car in order to make a turn. And trust me, I like to take, I like to take a good corner with the rest of them. But this guy just didn't want me to slow down to take the turn. He just somehow, he somehow wanted me to just jump the curb into the parking lot at Starbucks. And, and he just got onto my, the back of my car and let me know. And trust me, I don't drive slow. But you know what I mean? What was this guy in? He was in a full-on, what? He's in panic. Panic doesn't look good on any of us. I went back, I started looking at the life, Jesus of Nazareth, and the one thing you couldn't get him to do was you couldn't get him to panic. No matter what, he wouldn't panic. That's okay. He just kept walking. I want to do your soul some good in this series. I just want to teach you to change the pace of your life. Just to walk and to breathe and to enjoy and to experience Paul goes on to say, he had this thorn in his flesh later on in this passage in 2 Corinthians. And he wanted to be taken from him. God, take this from me. God, fix this. God, fix this. Who's ever prayed for God to fix something? Take this away, right? I know. Who's ever called the church and asked me to pray? And I wasn't able to do it either. This is how it works in Christianity. Like you pray, and then you pray again, and then you get your spiritual grandma, you call her. Take it up a notch, God. Okay, I'll call Grandma. This is how we do it, right? And then, okay, I'm going to call Pastor Chris. Going to get him involved. I wouldn't normally get him involved, but this is a big one. This is how we operate for whatever reason, right? How many have gone through this route? And you prayed and you prayed and you prayed, and it didn't work. You're in good company. Paul goes, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed, and it wasn't taken from me. This problem wasn't fixed. It wasn't solved. 
And he got a message. My grace is what? Sufficient for you. Let's say it together. My grace is sufficient for you. This is enough. He got the message. It's okay. It's okay. Most of us think it's okay once it's fixed. Come on. It's okay. And all the prayers answered. Then you call back. I want to give a testimony. No one ever calls the church and say, I want to give this testimony. God didn't answer my prayer, but I learned to live with it. That never makes it to TV. But I learned to live with them. It's okay. It's okay. No change. Paul's still suffering. Told he was going to suffer. It's okay. So here's I like to close. Um, I would like for us to dare to go beyond the box of our normal thinking. This is it. I got to do this. I got to hustle. I got to make this happen. I got to. And say, you know what? Maybe there is more. I'm not saying like Paul, you're going to be caught into the third heaven, although I'm not such a cynic that I disbelieve those things. But what I would say is this. If you can let God just pull you out of yourself for a minute, just pull you out of your problem or your pity or your wallowing or your worry, just pull you out. There's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to fear. There's no reason to worry. It's okay. Beyond what you can see. Here's the closing. Remember the story of the prophet Elisha? He's surrounded by enemy armies. You remember this? And his servant is panicked. He's Comes to get, he comes to get him and, and, and he says, we gotta, we're in trouble. We're surrounded. They're going to get us. They're going to kill us. Panic. And the prophet gets up and he looks around. And this is why they called them seers. Because they could see more than the average person could see. Now that's an important word. They could see more. And the servant could see all the armies that were going to attack them, and the prophet could see what he called what? Angels, chariots, fire, right? He could see something that the normal eye couldn't see. You say, that, that's just a story. Okay, whatever. Either there's more or there isn't more. But the question is, if there's more, and if you can open your eyes, allow God to help you see more, this is the takeaway. It can save you a lot of fear and panic in your life. And the prophet gets up and he goes, it's okay. There is more with us than with them. And the guy's looking around. He's like, me and you? And there's like a thousand of the enemy. And the, no, 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 we're outnumbered. Look, look, look. This is what this does for you. It changes your math. Are you with me? You're going, you're going to bed with the math. Like, oh, no, no, we, got, we don't have enough time. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough this. And you should do math. That's a good thing. But then uh, you have to open your eyes. There's another layer. There's another realm. Mm. You know what I'm afraid of? 
I'm afraid of raising a whole generation in the church and they want to know the rules of the church and this and that and when to bow and kneel and sit and get baptized. They know nothing of this realm because they haven't been encouraged. I know it's a different kind of message, but either there's more or there isn't, friends. And here's the good news. The more is for you. This is the important. The more is for you. Or as Paul wrote, God, the more is on your side. God, if God is for us, who could be what? Against us. The more is on your side. So the only question is going to be this. This is the only question. What are you going to focus on? That's the only question. Do I focus on the armies that are against me? Or do I look for more? I believe that if you get yourself quiet enough, right? Let yourself, allow yourself. God will show you there's more. He'll whisper, I'm on your side. It's okay. Paul, I'm not going to take this away, but it's okay. And then Paul knew. Paul knew. All right, let's stand. We'll have a closing prayer. Friends, listen, listen before you leave. You know, I know sometimes like we did a series on relationships, and it's like you can just sort of turn that into action right away. All right, I got to talk softer to my spouse or, you know, this. I'm, I'm playing the long game here this morning. Do you, you know what I mean by that? This is getting you to believe that there's more than just the, the, the material stuff, that the next 10 minutes in front of you. And I think that's what the, a big missing component of the Christian teaching today is, because there was always believed. Paul and Jesus, they always saw more. The prophets but we're starting to limit ourselves and people are fighting and panicking. And in today's world with all the bickering and stuff that's going on, what we need to do is like take a time out. Ready? Simplify. It's okay. Now listen, if you haven't had a taste of that, it's hard to say it's okay because you don't really believe it. You're really, you're really upset. You're really panicked most of the time. But if you can have a taste Say, it's okay. One, two, three, it's, it's okay. 